19. Source of a divided anxiety to him, stimulated by the most praiseworthy considerations, a solemn compact was entered into by the aforesaid five mamas, on behalf of the aforesaid eighteen daughters, by which they were pledged to use every means to convince Agamemnon Columpsy on Applebite of his deplorable condition, but no unfair advantage was to be taken to ensure a preference for any particular one of the said eighteen daughters, but that the said Agamemnon Columpsy on Applebite should be left free to exercise his own discretion, so far as the said eighteen daughters were concerned, but should any other daughter, of whatever mamma soever, indicate a wish to become a competitor, she was to be considered a common enemy, and scandalized accordingly, Agamemnon Columpsy on Applebite, about ten o'clock on the following evening, was seated on a sofa, between Mrs. Greatgirdle and Mrs. Wadley got the two mamas deputed to open the campaign, each with a cup of very prime mocha coffee, and a massive fiddle pattern teaspoon, on the opposite side of the room, in a corner, was a very large cage, in the sole occupancy of a solitary java sparrow, my poor bird looks very miserable, sighed Mrs. Greatgirdle, the hostess upon this occasion, very miserable, echoed Mrs. Wadley got, and the truth of the remark was apparent to everyone. The Java Sparrow was molting and suffering from a cutaneous disorder at the same time, so what with the falling off, and scratching off of his feathers, he looked in a most deplorable condition, which was rendered more apparent by the magnitude of his cage. He seemed like the last debtor confined in the Queen's bench. He has never been himself since the death of his mate. Here the bird scarified himself with great violence. He is so restless, and though he eats very well, and hops about, he seems to have lost all care of his person, as though he would put on mourning if he had it. Is there no possibility of dyeing his feathers? remarked Agamemnon Columpsion, feeling the necessity of saying something. It is not the inky cloak, Mr. Applebite, replied Mrs. Greatgirdle. That truly indicates regret, but it's here, laying her hand upon her left side, no there, under his liver wing that he feels it, poor bird, it's a shocking thing to live alone, and especially in such a large cage, said Mrs. Wadleygott, your house is rather large, Mr. Applebite, inquired Mrs. Greatgirdle, rather, ma'am, replied Columpsion, ain't you very lonely, said Mrs. Wadleygott and Mrs. Greatgirdle both in a breath, why, not very lively, you were going to say, interrupted Mrs. G., now Mrs. G. was wrong in her conjecture of Columpsion's reply. He was about to say, why, not at all, but she, of course, knew best what he ought to have answered. I often feel for you, Mr. Applebite, remarked Mrs. Wadleygott, and think how strange it is that you, who really are a nice young man and I don't say so to flatter you that you should have been so unsuccessful with the ladies. Columpsion's vanity was awfully mortified at this idea. It is strange, exclaimed Mrs. G. I wonder it don't make you miserable. There is no home. I mean the sweet, sweet home, without a wife. Try, try again, Mr. Applebite, tapping his arm as she rose. Faint heart never won fair lady. I refused Mr. Wadley not three times, but I yielded at last. Take courage from that. And twenty-four, pleasant terrace, may shortly become that Elysium woman's home whispered Mrs. W. as she rolled gracefully to a card table, and accidentally, of course, cut the ace of spades, which she exhibited to Columpsion with a very mysterious shake of the head. Agamemnon returned to 24. Pleasant Terrace, a discontented man, he felt that there was no one sitting up for him nothing but a rush light the dog might bark as he entered.
but no voice was there to welcome him, and with a heavy heart he ascended the two stone steps of his dwelling, he took out his latch key, and was about to unlock the door, when a loud knocking was heard in the next street, Columpsion paused, and then gave utterance to his feelings, that's music positively music, this is my house there's my name on the brass plate that's my knocker, as I can prove by the bill and receipt, and, yet, here I am about to sneak in like a burglar, old John Shaw single quote and single quote he go to bed another night, I'll not indulge the lazy scoundrel any longer, yet the poor old fellow nursed me when a child, I'll compromise the matter I'll knock, and let myself in, so saying, Columpsion thumped away at the door, looked around to see that he was unobserved, applied his latch key, and slipped into his house just as old John, in a state of great alarm and undress, was descending the stairs with a candle and a bootjack, an acute angle, we read in the Glasgow Courier of an enormous salmon hooked at Govan, which measured three feet, three inches in length, the Morning Herald mentions several gudgeons of twice the size, caught, we understand, by Alderman Humphrey, and conveyed to town per Blackwall Railway, important news from China, arrival of the Overland Mail, August 28, 1841, we have received expresses from the Celestial Empire by our own private electro-galvanic communication, as this rapid means of transmission carries dispatches so fast that we generally get them even before they are written, we are enabled to be considerably in advance of the common daily journals, more especially as we have obtained news up to the end of next week. The most important paper which has come to hand is the Mikado Sunday Times. It appears that the fortifications for surrounding Pekin are progressing rapidly, but that the government have determined upon building the ramparts of Japan canvas and bamboo rods, instead of pounded rice, which was thought almost too fragile to resist the attacks of the English barbarians. Some handsome guns, of blue and white porcelain, have been placed on the walls, with a proportionate number of carved ivory balls elaborately cut one inside the other, these, it is presumed, will split upon firing, and produce incalculable mischief and confusion, within the gates a frightful magazine of gilt crackers, and other fireworks, has been erected, which, in the event of the savages penetrating the fortifications, will be exploded one after another, to terrify them into fits, when they will be easily captured, this precaution has been scarcely thought necessary by some of the mandarins, as our great artist, Wayne, has covered the external jaws house with frantic figures that, must strike terror to every barbarian, gold paper has also been kept constantly burning, on altars of holy clay, at every practicable point of the defenses, which it is hardly thought they will have the hardihood to approach, and the sacred ducks of Fanky have been turned loose in the river to retard the progress of the infidel fleet, during the storm of last week the portcullis, which had been placed in the northern gate, and was composed of solid rice paper, with crossbars of chopsticks, was much damaged, it is now under repair, and will be coated entirely with tea chest lead, to render it perfectly impregnable, the whole of the household troops and bodyguard of the emperor have also received new accoutrements of tin foil and painted isinglass, they have likewise been armed with varnished bladders, containing peas and date stones, which produce a terrific sound upon the least motion, an Englishman has been gallantly captured this morning, in a small boat, by one of our armed junks, he will eat his eyes in the palace court this afternoon, and then, being enclosed in soft porcelain, will be baked to form a statue for the new pagoda at Boline, the first stone of which was laid by the late emperor, to celebrate his victory over the rude northern islanders, 
Canton, the last order of the government, prohibiting the exportation of tea and rhubarb, has been issued by the advice of Lynn, who translates the English newspapers to the council. It is affirmed in these journals, that millions of these desert tribes had no other beverage than tea for their support, as their oath prohibits any other liquor. They will be driven to a water for subsistence, and, unable to correct its unhealthy influence by doses of rhubarb, will die miserably. In anticipation of this event, large catacombs are being erected near their great city, on the authority of Slow Lefty, who visited it last year, and intends shortly to go there again. The rhubarb prohibition will, it is said, have a great effect upon the English market for plums, pickled salmon, and green gauges, and the physicians or disciples of the great Ham, appear uncertain as to the course to be pursued. The emperor has issued a chop to the Han merchants, forbidding them to assist or correspond with the invaders, under pain of having their fingernails drawn out and rings put in their noses. Outque resists the order, and it is the intention of Lin, should he remain obstinate, to recommend his being pounded up with broken crockery and packed in Chinese cathy packages, to be forwarded, as an example, to the Mandarin pitting of the wild island, an English flag, stolen by a deserter from Chusan, will be formally insulted tomorrow in the marketplace, by the emperor and his court, dust will be thrown at it, accompanied by derisive grimaces, and it will be subsequently hoisted, in scorn, to blow, at the mercy of the winds, upon the summit of the palace, within sight of the barbarians, Levant Mail, Constantinople, Alexandria, and Smyrna, August 30th. The Sultan got very fuddled last night, with forbidden juice, in the harem, and tumbled down the ivory steps leading from the apartment of the favorite, by which accident he seriously cut his nose, every guard is to be bastinadoed in consequence, and the wine merchant will be privately sewn up in a canvas bag and thrown into the Bosphorus this evening, a relation of Selim Pasha, dispatched by the Sultan to collect taxes in Beirut, was dispatched by the Syrians a few hours after his arrival. The periodical conflagration of the houses, mosques, and synagogues, in Smyrna, took place with great splendor on the 30th halt, and the next will be arranged for the ensuing month, when everybody suspected of the plague will receive orders from the government to remain in their dwellings until they are entirely consumed. By this salutary arrangement, it is expected that much improvement will take place in the public health. The inundation of the Nile has also been very favorable this year. The water has risen higher than usual, and carried off several hundred poor people. The Board of Guardians of the Alexandria Union are consequently much rejoiced. To Mr. Green, the Inspector of Highways, on his recent Skylark, the air half bubbles as the water half. Huzzah, huzzah, there goes the balloon tease up like a rocket, and off to the moon, now fading from our view, or dimly seen, now lost in the deep blue as Mr. Green. Pray have a care in your path through the air, and mind well what you do, for if you chance to slip out of your airy ship, then down you come, and all is up with you, fashionable arrivals, 2035 remarkably fine calves, from their various rural pasturages at Smithfield, some of the heads of the party have since been seen in the very highest society, advice gratis, what will you take, said Peel to a Russell, on a journey from the school of design, anything you recommend, then let it be your departure, was the significant rejoinder, pleasant crops abroad, a good lookout for the Syrians, French agents are said to be sowing discontent in Syria, Sunday Times, the gentleman's own book, having advised you in our last paper of, dress in general, 
we now proceed to the important consideration of dress in particular, a subject of such paramount interest and magnitude, that we feel an encyclopedia would be barely sufficient for its full development, and it is our honest conviction that, until professorships of this truly noble art are instituted at the different universities, the same barbarisms of style will be displayed even by those of gentle blood, as now too frequently detract from the august character of the age. To take as comprehensive a view of this subject as our space will admit, we have divided it into the quality, the cut, the ornaments, and the pathology. The quality comprises the texture, color, and age of the materials. Of the texture there are only two kinds compatible with the reputation of a gentleman the very fine and the very coarse, or, to speak figuratively the Kikmir and the Whitney blanket. The latter is an emanation from the refinement of the 19th century. For a prejudice in favor of extra superfine, formerly existed, as the coarser textures, now prevalent, were confined exclusively to common sailors, hackney coachmen, and bombaylas. These frivolous distinctions are happily exploded, and the true gentleman may now show in Saxony, or figure in flushing the one being suggestive of his property, and the other indicative of his taste. These remarks apply exclusively to woolens, whether for coats or trousers. It is incumbent on every gentleman to have a perfect library of waistcoats, the selection of which must be regulated by the cost of the material, as it would be derogatory, in the highest degree, to a man aspiring to the character of a distinguished, to decorate his bosom with a garment that would by any possibility come under the denomination of these choice patterns, only 7s. 60. There are certain designs for this important decorative adjunct which entirely preclude them from the wardrobes of the elite the imaginative bouquets upon red plush grounds, patronized by the ingenious constructors of canals and railroads the broad and brilliant Spanish striped Valencias, which distinguish the savons or knowing ones of the stable the cop must we profane the word, velvet impositions covered with botanical diagrams done in distemper, and monopolized by lawyers clerks and small professionals the positive or genuine Genoa velvet with violent and showy embellishments of roses, dahlias, and peonies, which find favor in the eyes of aldermen, attorneys, and the proprietors of four-wheel chaises, are all to be avoided as the fifth daughter of a clergyman's widow. It is almost superfluous to add, that breeches can only be made of white leather or white kerseymere, for any other color or material would awaken associations of the dancing master, the waiter, the butler, or the bumpkin, or, what is equally to be dreaded, the highly respectables of the last century. The dressing gown is a portion of the costume which commands particular attention, for though no man can appear as a hero to his valet, he must keep up the gentleman. This can only be done by the dressing gown. To gentlemen who occupy apartments, the robe de chambre, if properly selected, is of infinite advantage, for an Indian shawl or rich brocade silk of which this garment should only be constructed will be found to possess extraordinary pacific properties with the landlady, when the irregularity of your remittances may have ruffled the equanimity of her temper, whilst you are whereas a grey duffield, or a conscience, would be certain to induce deductions highly prejudicial to the respectability of your character, or, what is of equal importance, to the duration of your credit, the color of your material should be selected with due regard to the species of garment and the tone of the complexion. If the face be of that faint drab which your friends would designate pallid, and your enemies sallow, a coat of pea green or snuff brown must be scrupulously eschewed, whilst black or invisible green would, by contrast, make that appear delicate and interesting, which, by the use of the former colors, 
must necessarily seem bilious and brassy. The rosy complexionist must as earnestly avoid all somber tints, as the inelegance of a healthful appearance should never be obtrusively displayed by being placed in juxtaposition with colors diametrically opposite, though it is almost unnecessary to state that anyone ignorant enough to appear of an evening in a coat of any other color than blue or black regimentals, of course, accepted, would certainly be condemned to a quarantine in the servants' hall. There are colors which, if worn for trousers by the first peer of the realm, would be as condemnatory of his character as a gentleman, as levanting on the settling day for the derby, the dark drab, which harmonizes with the mud the peculiar pepper and salt which is warranted not to grow gray with age the indescribable mixtures, which had evidently been compounded for the sake of economy, must ever be exiled from the wardrobe and legs of a gentleman, the hunting coat must be invariably of scarlet, due care being taken before wearing to dip the tips of the tails in claret or port wine, which, for new coats, or for those of gentlemen who do not hunt, has been found to give them an equally veteran appearance with the sweat of the horse, of the age it is only necessary to state, that a truly fashionable suit should never appear under a week, or be worn longer than a month from the time that it left the hands of its parent Schneider, shooting coats are exceptions to the latter part of this rule, as a garment devoted to the field should always bear evidence of long service, and a new jacket should be consigned to a year valet, who, if he understands his profession, will carefully rub the shoulders with a hearthstone and bowl ammonia, to convey the appearance of friction and the deposit of the rust of the gun. Gentlemen who are theoretical, rather than practical sportsmen, would find it beneficial to have a partridge carefully plucked, and the feathers sparingly deposited in the pockets of the shooting jacket usually applied to the purposes of carrying game. Newgate Market possesses all the advantages of a preserved manner, of the cut, ornaments, and pathology of dress. We shall speak next week, for these are equally essential to ensure beginning early. We are informed by the times of Saturday, that at the late conservative enactment at DL not only His Royal Highness Prince Albert, but the infant Princess Royal, was drunk, with the usual honors, prop utter, punch, S-I-B-D-H-O-R-P's very best, Sithorpe, meeting Peel in the House of Commons, after congratulating him on his present enviable position finished the confab with the following unrivaled conundrum, by the by, which of your vegetables does your Tamworth speech resemble? Spinach, replied Peel, who, no doubt, associated it with gammon. Shaw, said the gallant colonel, your opinions, your opinions, to be sure. Peel opened his mouth, and never closed it till he took his seat at the table. Beautiful coincidence, a pair of tools, Sir Francis Burdett, the superannuated Tory tool proposed the conservative healths, and tool the second, as toastmaster, announced them to the assemblage, the C-U-R-R-A-H cut, O-R, how we all got a five-penny bit apiece, are the two ponies ready, yes, and the ass, all right, and you've, all five of you, got your five-pennies for Tony Dolan, the barber, that kettles, every one of us, then be off, there's good boys, ride and tie like Christians, and don't be going double on the brute beasts, for a bit of a walk now and then we'll just stretch your legs, be back at five to dinner, and let us see what bucks you'll look with your new trim curls, stay, there's another fipony, spend that among you, and take care of yourselves, my little jewels, such were the parting queries and instructions of my kind old uncle to five as roaring, mischievous searchings as ever stole whiskey to soak the shamrock on street Patrick's day, the chief director, schemer, and perpetrator of all our fun and devilry, was, 
strange to say, my cousin Bob, the smallest, and, with one exception, the youngest of the party, but Bob was his grandmother's, ashy pet, his mother's, jewel, his father's, mannequin, his nurse's, honey, and the whole world's, darling little devil of a rogue, the expression of a face naturally arch, beaming with good humor, and radiant with happy laughter, was singularly heightened by a strange peculiarity of vision, which I am at a loss to describe, it was, if the reader can idealize the thing, an absolute beauty, which, unfortunately, can only be written about by the appliances of some term conveying the notion of a blemish, the glances from his bright eyes seemed to steal out from under their long fringe, the most reckless truants of exulting mirth, no matter what he said, he looked a joke, now for his orders, A.I.Z. with you, lads, cousin Harry, take first ride on St. Patrick the name of the ass here's a leg up, the two dicks can have scrub and rasper, Jack and Billy, boys, catch a hold of the bridles, or devil of ha single quote the single quote worth of ride and tie there you'll be in that hall, if them dicks get the start shanks mare will take you to cows, don't be galloping off in that manner, but shoot the easy, remember, the ass has got to keep up with you, and I've got to keep up with the ass, that's the thing steady she goes, it's an elegant day, and no hurry in life, spider, come here, boy that's right, down, sir, down, you devil, or wipe your paws, bad manners to you look at them breeches, never mind, there's a power of rats at Tony Carroll's barn it's mighty little out o' the way, and maybe we'll get a hunt, what say you, a hunt, a hunt, by all means, there's the fun of it, come on, lads here's the place, turn off, and go to a work, wait, wait, get a stick apiece, and break the necks of em, hurrah, in spider, find em boy, good lad, Terra noons, you may well squeak, good dog, good dog, that's a grandfather, we'll have more yet, the family always come to the old ones bearing, I've seen em often, and mighty descent they behave, damn hells and the barber, up with the boards and go to a work, this is something like sport, holly paul, there's one out my breeches here's the tail of him he caught a hit of my leather garter, come out of that, spider, spider, here he is that's it give him another shake for his impudence serve him out. Hurrah! Fast and furious, grew our incessant urging on of the willing spider, for his continued efforts at extermination. At the end of two hours, the metamorphosed barn was nearly stripped of its flooring nine huge rats lay dead. As trophies of our own achievements the panning spider, by turns caressing, and by turns caressed, licking alternately the hands and faces of all, as we sat on the low ledge of the doorway wagging his close-cut stump of tail, as if he were resolved, by his unceasing exertions, to get entirely rid of that excited dorsal ornament, this is the real thing, said Bob, so an island, said Dick, but, but what, why, devil of ha single quote fee single quote orth of kettles or hair cutting there's in it, not a taste, chimed in Jack, nothing like it, echoed Will, what will we do, said all at once, there was a short pause after which the matter was resumed by Dick, who was intended for a parson, and therefore rather given to moralizing, life, quoth Dick, life's uncertain, you may say that, rejoined Bob, look at them rats, Tony Bowland's a hard-drinking man, and his mother had fits, of the same sort, said Bob, well, then, continued Dick, there's no knowing he may be dead if so, how could he cut our hair, here Dick, like Brutus, paused for a reply, Bob produced one, it's a good scheme, but it won't do, 
the likes of him never does anything he's wanted to, he's the contrariest old thief in Ireland, I wish Mamma hadn't got a party, we'd do well enough but for that, never mind, boys, I've got it, there's Mikey Bryan, he's the boy, what for, to cut the hair of the whole of us, he can't do it, can't, wait, Akashla, till I tell you, or, what's better, show you, come now, you devils, look at the heels raspers and scrubs of them ponies, did ever you see anything like them, look at the cutting there Tony Bowland never had the knack oh that tasty work in his dirty finger and thumb and who done that, why Mikey Bryan didn't I see him myself, and isn't he the boy that can bang Banneker at anything, oh, he'll cut us elegant, he'll do the squad for a fipenny and then, lads, there's them five others will be just one apiece to buy gut and flies, come on, you patience, no sooner proposed than acceded to off we set, for the eulogized Banneker banging Mikey Bryan, a stout, handsome boy he was rising for M20 fighting, kissing, rollicking, ball playing, dancing vagabond, as you'd see in a day's march such a fellow as you only meet in Ireland a bit of a gardener, a bit of a groom, a bit of a thutboy, and a bit of a horse doctor, we reached the stables by the back way, and there, in his own peculiar loft, was Mikey Bryan, brushing a somewhat faded livery, in which to wait upon the coming quality, Bob stated the case, as far as the want of our locks curtailment went, but made no mention of the delay which occasioned our coming to Mikey, on the contrary, he attributed the preference solely to our conviction of his superior abilities, and the wish to give him a chance, as he felt convinced, if he had fair play, he'd be engaged miles round, instead of the hopping old shaver at Kells, I'm your man, Master Robert, who's first, I and there's the fipenny that's for the lot, good luck to you, sit down will you have the curathril bird cut, that's the thing, said Bob, then, young gentleman, as there ain't much room and if you do be all looking on, I'll be bothered just come in one by one, out we went, and, in an inconceivably short space, Bob emerged, Mikey advising, Master Robert, dear, keep your head on for the life of you, for fear of cloud, a few minutes finished us all, this is elegant, said Bob, Mikey, it will be the making of you, but don't say a word till you hear how they'll praise you at dinner, Mom, said Mikey, and off we rushed, I felt rather astonished at the ease with which my head sat, while those of the rest appeared ready to fall over their noses, being in a hurry, this was passed over, the second dinner bell rang we bolted up for a brief ablution our hats were thrown into a corner, and, as if by one consent, all eyes were fixed upon each other's heads, Bob gave tongue, the devil skewer to Mikey Bryan, and bad luck to the curathril bird cut, not the eighth part of an inch of air there is amongst the set of us, what will the master say, never mind, we've got the fipenies, come to dinner, by the puck we are beauties, we reached the dining room and perceived, but who can describe the agony of my Aunt Kate, when she clapped her eyes upon five such close-clipped scarecrows, she vowed vengeance of all sorts and descriptions against the impudent, and natural, shameful monster, terms which Mikey Bryan, in the background, appropriated to himself, and with the utmost difficulty restrained his rising wrath from breaking out, what, continued Aunt Kate, what does he call this, it's the thrillbird curricut, man, said Bob, with one of his peculiar glances at Mikey and the rest, and mighty cool wearing, I'll be bail, muttered Mikey, does he call that hair cutting, screamed my aunt, that, and nothing but it, quietly retorted Bob, passing his hand over his head, you can't deny the cutting, 
Man, the young gentleman look elegant, said Mighty. I'm told it's all the go. Man, said Bob. Wait, said my aunt, with suppressed rage, wait till I go to Kells. This did not happen for six weeks, our aunt's anger was mollified as our locks were once more human. Upon upbraiding, Tony Nolan, the murder came out. A hearty laugh ensured our pardon, and Mikey Bryan's, and the story of the Thrillbird Curricut, was often told, as the means by which, we all got a fipenny bit apiece. F.U.S.B.O.S. There is a portrait of a person so like him, that, the other day, a friend who called took no notice whatever of the man, further than saying he was a good likeness, but asked the portrait to dinner, and only found out his mistake when he went up to shake hands with it at parting. An American hearing that there was a fire in his neighborhood, and that it might possibly consume his house, took the precaution to bolt his own door, that he might be, so far at least, beforehand with the devouring element, that either way, the peace, happiness, and prosperity of England, are threatened by Peel, in Ireland, the picture is reversed, the safety of that country is endangered by Ray Peel, it would be hard to say which is worst, a constant pair. Jane is a constant wench, so Sithorpe says, for in how many shops you see Jane stays, a count and his Schneider, the count's fashioner sent in the other day, his bill, which was a pretty considerable time overdue, accompanied by the following polite note, Sir, your bill having been for a very long time standing, I beg that it may be settled forthwith, yours, B, to which Snip received the following reply, Sir, I am very sorry that your bill should have been kept standing so long, Pray request it to sit down. Yours. Narrative of an awful case of extreme distress. It was in the year 1808. That myself and seven others resolved upon taking chambers in Staples Inn. Our avowed object was to study. But we had in reality assembled together for the purposes of convivial enjoyment. And what were then designated, sprees. Our stock consisted of 412 pounds which we had drawn from our parents and guardians under the various pretenses of paying fees and procuring books for the advancement of our knowledge in the sublime mysteries of that black art called law. In addition to our pecuniary resources, we had also a fair assortment of wearing apparel, and it was well for us that parental anxiety had provided most of us with, 